podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone and welcome to the AI Premier League preview show. After eight goals in two games, the Reds appear to be getting back to their attacking groove. Um, and with Klopp toying with 4-2-3-1 again, could this be the way forward as we prepare for Saturday's clash with a resurgent Arsenal? So joining me for the preview pod this week, I'm delighted to uh, be welcomed by Guardian journalist Chris Godfrey and AI regular and host of the Reds Review podcast, uh, Andy Wales. Welcome, guys. Hi, how are you doing? Now, great to speak with you, uh, Andy. Uh, good to speak with you again. I feel like it's been ages since we, since we last spoke. <laughs> yes, it seems like too long, too long. Yeah. But we'll have to do another pod together again soon. Absolutely. I, th- I think you're one of the sort of many sort of Liverpool fans. So I, I message every now and then with about one day or two days' notice and just ask whether you can come <laughs> on. And uh, yeah, busy lives. I'm, so. I'm sure I can return the favour for the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly right. <laughs> um, and Chris, um, great to have you on. And I think it's probably the most um, interesting Arsenal pod we've done for a while in terms of a preview show because. Um, every single pod we've done is always loosely somewhat revolved around Wenger. Will he go? Will he stay? And, um, <laughs> of course, that having changed, there being a new era, the, uh, the Miami era, of course, underway. Um, plenty of changes in the infrastructure of the club as well. It's a very sure. interesting time, isn't it? So um, to go back a little bit and ask your opinion, I mean, what was your view um, at the time on the appointment of uh, Unai Emery? And um, what did you see, I guess, what did the fan base see as his sort of key goals in this first season? Sure. Um, well, I guess that the the the, uh, the announcement of, of Emery, it really did come out of the blue, to be honest with you. And I think at the time, uh, I think the fan base was loosely divided between people who wanted the experience of someone like Allegri from Juventus, um, how achievable that would have been. Uh, well, we'll never know, really. Um, versus sort of the romanticism of having uh, an ex-captain return, be it Arteta, uh, Henri or uh, Vieira. Um, and I was sort of oscillating between the two myself as well. Um, I saw the uh, the values in, in, in both approaches. So when Emery was announced, there was a bit of sort of shock and from my perspective, probably a bit of naive disappointment, I guess. It felt like quite a safe option. Um and in truth, I didn't know too much about Emery. Uh, I don't follow the French League in, in, in much detail. So all I really knew was there was this guy who sort of did okay with PSG, but, you know, it, it, it clearly hadn't worked. Um, but so that was the, the, the sort of immediate reaction. I think over the summer, though, uh, the Arsenal fan base got sort of a bit more excited. And I think it's fair to say that he was probably... Um, exactly what we need when we sort of read a bit more about him and, and found out a bit more about him. Um, he was renowned for his sort of tactical awareness and, and planning, which is something that Arsenal have not been known for in the, certainly in the late Wenger years. Um, and, you know, he sort of talked a good game in, in the press conference about wanting to play sort of from the back and pressing football and get the work rate up and everything. So I think over the summer, um, we, you know, sort of got definitely got behind the manager, and I was certainly a bit more excited, and and have been as excited uh, for this season I have in in quite a while. Um, in terms of expectations, I think they are 
pretty reasonable and I think they're probably the same now. It's really just we need to get back into the top four. If we pick up a trophy along the way, great. But the season's target really is just to get in the top four. Or, or to get Champions League football um, through the Europa League if if, if uh, Emery can continue his winning streak in that competition. Yeah, it looks all set up for a North London derby, doesn't it, potentially, as the, <laughs> as the final of the Europa League, which would be... God, I absolutely hope not. <laughs> definitely one way for uh, for Emery to endear himself to, to Arsenal yeah. instantly, I think that, that would be. I mean, you, yeah, you mentioned him. It's, it's interesting, I think, in terms of the sort of the... Uh, the way in which people's stocks change in football and it, things can shift so drastically so quickly. And Unai Emery at Sevilla, yeah, working alongside Monchi, of course, as well. Yeah, huge success, un, really unprecedented success, you know, winning the Europa League uh, three consecutive times, once at our expense as well. Really appreciated that, of course. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, moving to PSG, things didn't quite work um, there. And there were a few questions, I think, really about whether he was the right coach to manage what is a dressing room full of egos? Let's face it, and it's um, yeah. Uh, at times, it even seems like a marketing exercise. It's it's, it's, it's very very tough to um, picture who who would be best for that role. But um, you mentioned him there, sort of talking about his own uh, sort of tactical philosophy, which is the buzzword, of course, and the way in which he wants to play. He's a young coach as well, um, and also I, I get the feeling that there there have been changes made, haven't there, to the infrastructure of the club um, since Wenger left, or even before he he left. Um, do you think the club is now better set up than it's been for a number of years in that sort of sense? I think so. And I think you, you can probably see that in the way that Gazidis is, um, the, the sort of, I think he's ex-CEO now, or he's on gardening leave, but in the way that he's obviously decided to move to, to AC Milan and it, it didn't seem like it would be much of a big deal. I mean, I think if, if Gazidis announced that he was leaving you know, last year, it would have been huge and would have left sort of quite a sizable vacuum but obviously he picked his his men in um Sinelli and um Muslim Tart as well the scout um Arsenal's uh, chief scout um I'm not sure if that's his actual title I think he's probably head of football recruitment I think is something along those lines but um yeah he's sort of put really experienced good um people in 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 various positions and sort of divided the the labor um so we're sort of set up i think people keep saying it's more of a european model now i you know i don't know too much about the various european models of football clubs so i can't really comment on that but um it does seem like we're certainly less reliant on one man which is uh pretty important for a club which has relied predominantly on one man for about 22 years um and casitas as well so i certainly think we're, we're better set up for um you know the, the sort of new new era at arsenal i guess yeah, you mentioned the European model there. I mean, I think there's there's so much sort of laborious chatter about sort of the way the best way in which a sort of set of football does. But I think it makes sense as well not not to put all that pressure on 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 one man. And you're very rarely going to get the likes of Ferguson or or Wenger where you know, people are able to to handle that much of handle that much responsibility really. And um, I think yeah, the model that you've got similar to the model we've got. There is some sort of director of football or or, or chief scout or as the Sort of various papers would would refer to them sort of laptop nerds in air conditioned rooms, of course, who, who who seem to be doing quite well actually at the moment in terms of scouting and uh, picking out the right talent. I mean, in terms of Emery, then I mean, since his appointment, um, obviously uh, it's it's interesting to see people sometimes talked about the divisions within Arsenal's fan base, and I struggled to sort of understand whether it was social media and Arsenal fan TV sort of accentuating that and really. Um, 
you know, over overemphasizing them or wh- whether they actually were really there. But since his appointment, I mean, what's fans' reaction been to him? And do you think those divisions have have healed, or has it been the the results that have helped that? I, I think it's probably a mix of the two. I think when um, I think Wenger leaving was quite a cathartic experience. It certainly was. I, I think on both social media and and at the and at the Emirates. Um, it, it was certainly a more cathartic experience. Um, everyone, you know, got behind the manager for his last couple of games, wanted to give him a good send-off and everything, and I think that really helped. Um, since Emery's appointment, everyone's certainly pulling in the right direction. Um, everyone, you know, is getting behind the team more and more at the Emirates. Um, it's It was still a bit of sort of a slow start in terms of, you know, the fans um, being a bit more up for it, should we say. But... Uh, at the last home game at Leicester, um, it, it was you know it felt it felt great again to be going to the matches um, in terms of the atmosphere. Uh, it felt a lot more fun. People were chanting players' names, which is something that's not you know didn't happen too much last season because there wasn't too many players who were you know giving a very good account of themselves. Um, so it, it certainly feels like the the fan base is uh, more together than it has been in, in previous years. But um, yeah, I think it it will you know it take, it'll take a bit of time to to sort of really heal, I guess, and you know bring all the factions together. And I, I don't I think that social media doesn't help at all as well because especially the way player uh, fans sort of it seems to be more about players now rather than the actual team and people have their favourites and stuff. So I, I don't think social media helps too much. But certainly in the stadium, things are getting a lot better. Yeah, of course. I mean, I think one thing I've uh, personally enjoyed, although I haven't actually checked in on social media this this season to see how people are talking about him this time around. But I know that Hector Bellerin was somebody who people um, <laughs> seem to really wind certain people up, whether it was the fact that he seemed to be um, a footballer who you know, liked his fashion, had a bit more of a flamboyant character than sort of your usual black boots, black kit sort of, sort of guys, <laughs> hard tackling. Um, but of course, as well, his performances this season um, have improved vastly. He seems to be a much more effective player. Um, I guess those two opening home games of the season against, um, or not, not home games, but uh, games against City and, and Chelsea, yeah. it, it wasn't the kindest start. I mean, did you ever get the impression that if if, if results weren't great um, in, in the opening stretch, that Emery would have been, been under pressure, or is there you know, this this allowance that you know we need to let this guy work and 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 and, and do his job and, and go through these processes, even if it's going to be um, you know, difficult? Sure. I mean, I wouldn't want to second guess the board, but I mean, I, I certainly, it's, the message from the board and everything was certainly that, you know, Emery's going to be given time and stuff. As for um, the fans themselves, um, I'm more than happy to give him time. Um, but I know that some people are a little less patient than I am. So it's it's hard to gauge, really. And I, I know that there are some people who would probably, you know, give him five games. And if he's not, you know, if if, if the results didn't come, then you know, replace him, whatever. But uh, it, I, I think generally people, the, the sense I get from the stadium is that most people, are, most reasonable Arsenal fans are, are willing to give him time, you know, at least a couple of years to, uh, you know, stamp his authority on the team and get them playing how he wants them playing. Mm. And it's a huge challenge, of course, as well, to, to sort of follow in the footsteps of somebody who was so influential at the club and then, you know, even the way things were, I guess, allowed to drift a little bit. Um, yeah. The first piece in that was always going to be sort of there was going to be scrutiny on the transfer business that the club did. Um, what did you make of the of the summer business that Arsenal did then? Obviously, I mean, Torreira coming in, Leno, Licksteiner, the more experienced 
um, a defender who you, who you brought in, uh, Gwendozi, who I think has played, played a lot more than many fans would have probably expected, uh, yeah. and Socrates as well. Um, sort so of the key names there who come in in summer. Were you happy with the business, or do you think that there were um, sort of key areas left unaddressed a little bit? I think there were there were certainly key areas left unaddressed, but I, whether I, I think that was more a resources issue rather than a sort of just negligently entering the season without the right sort of players. Um, but generally, in terms of the players we bought, I think it's been pretty positive. Uh, Torreira, especially, uh, has been. The, a midfielder that we've been crying out for for quite some time. Um, the fans have all warmed to him very quickly. His performances are, um, you know, exactly what we hoped for when when we saw we were signing him. Um, and in what sense do you mean there in terms of the, the midfielder you've been looking for for a while? Because I I, re- I remember that people were saying that about uh, Granite Jack at one stage, and then <laughs> I think at the moment he seems he seems to be a little bit of, of, of a figure of fun, but then he he smashes free kicks in from crazy angles so he's always <laughs> yeah. got that as well well i think i think and and, and i include myself and in, include myself in this when, when we signed shaka we thought we were getting a sort of you know defensive midfield uh composed sort of very tidy good at the sort of dark arts of football if you like um sort of a bit like a bit like kante i guess or um yeah and we 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 didn't we didn't get that player it's clear that Shaq is more of a sort of deep lying playmaker than than he is sort of a defensive midfielder, um, and he's flourished next to Torreira. To be honest with you, this season um, he's still got a, um, uh, a a wayward pass in him, or he might sort of dwell on the ball once a game for too long. Um, but but generally his performance has been pretty consistent this season and, and vastly improved on last season, and, and and a lot of that is down to playing with Torreira, who's sort of Shored up the defense, uh, the defense, um, uh, the defensive midfield, and uh, and sort of allowed him to to flourish really, and taken off a lot of the pressure that that was placed on him last season. No, of course he. I mean, he seems quite a combative midfielder. Has also got the passes, um, and that passing range to him as well. Seems very energetic, to be honest. Which, which I think at times your midfield's been accused of not sort of having that in it. I mean. Yeah. About the other, um, I mean, especially Urzel, sort of yeah. the, the, the ever, the ever running Urzel, um, sort of, I guess, doc- documentary that's going to be made at one day. Um, looking at Urzel's <laughs> motivations, probably Andy Townsend being, de- doing an interview <laughs> on his thoughts about <laughs> Urzel's motivation and things like that. But what did you make of the other business that was done then in terms of, um, um, the, yeah. the other names? So, uh, Leno was, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit too early to judge Leno, to be honest with you, because obviously he, he didn't start for the first five, six games, I think, before Czech picked up a hamstring injury. So we only really got flashes of, of, of what he could do. Um, and, and he seems to be a pretty competent te- uh, goalkeeper. Um, he, he's, you know, he's made a couple of some fantastic saves. There's one against Leicester in particular. I think it was Harry Maguire's header from a couple of yards out, and he managed to get quite low and... Uh, palm it around the, the post, which was it was pretty athletic save. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it seems it seems like a fairly astute purchase. Um, I, I guess with Leno, time will tell um, just how astute it was. Uh, Lick Steiner, I think, is um, he certainly played uh, his his best footballing days are behind him. Um, I, I, he doesn't offer too much going forward, and uh, he's. His last couple of performances have been a bit lackluster, but I think that's probably 
more to do with the fact that he's replacing Bellerin, who's been one of our most consistent performers and uh, one of our best attacking threats this season, I think. So he's always going to look a little bit... Um, he's not going to look too great when he's sort of trying to fill in for him. Uh, again, Doozy's obviously been a re- revelation. It's certainly one for the future, but um, I, I think, again, Arsenal fans have warmed to him quite quickly just because... He's not afraid to sort of show for the show for the ball. Um, he's clearly got great technical ability as well. Some of his passing's been um, pretty pretty decent. Um, sort of taking defenders out of the game a couple of times with um, some pretty pretty good through balls. Um, but yeah, he's certainly one for the future. I think um, it, it, some of not been. I think last game against Crystal Palace probably wasn't his his best performance, but then that could be said for the rest of the team, to be honest with you, apart from one or two individuals. Um, but yeah, we're certainly certainly a, a decent purchase. And Socrates has actually been pretty positive as well. I think a lot of fans were a bit sceptical when we signed him, um, you know, almost a bit worried that it would turn out to be another Licksteiner, I guess, in, in that you know, signing a sort of ageing defender who's struggled uh, a little bit, especially... Um, he sort of came with this reputation of not being quite pacey, but uh, he's he's been pretty solid at the back and has certainly bailed Mustafi out on on the odd occasion too, which is something I guess any defender who's pairing with Mustafi would need to do. Yeah, no, I think as uh, as a team that has Dejan Lover in, it, in their ranks, I mean we're, we're <laughs> sort of well accustomed to sort of any centre back pairing used to anyway involve. Um, somebody having the ability to bail Dejan out every now and then. Um, and so I think it uh, yeah. must have thrilled you when you were hearing that you know, Per Murtasaka, who is a man who's blessed with many things, but pace wasn't one of them, um, had decided to retire and so sort of go to the academy. And then you're targeting <laughs> people like Socrates and stuff. Um, in terms of your start to the season, I mean, we mentioned it a little bit with the those those first two games. It was always going to be incredibly tough uh, yeah. to, to play City the first game and then um, Chelsea and I think... That game, I remember, incredibly open game could easily have gone either way. To be honest, yeah, um, you know, two teams both under new managers trying to implement philosophies that uh, they didn't necessarily have the parts for uh, to to employ those philosophies just right out of the box, and we'll, and we'll come to talk about that as well. But since then, going on this sort of eleven match uh, winning streak, uh, seven in the league um, prior to that draw with with um, with Palace, uh, I mean. What have you made of that run? I mean, obviously, I think it must have come as somewhat of a, of a surprise that that run has been going on or went on as long as it did. I mean, there's there's an awareness that you're you're trying to bed in new players, trying to bed in a new manager, uh, maybe a, a new sort of style of play. There are moments early on in the season where you saw a really jacked up Peter Cech try and yeah. um, get to grips with passing out the back and things like that. Um, what do you think has been behind uh, that run? Well, I mean... <laughs> I probably get slated from a lot of a lot of Arsenal fans for saying this, but I mean we should obviously caveat the eleven match run with the fact that we, we did play a lot of pretty poor teams. Right. Um, so I mean it's it, it it's fortuitous that that, that the run that, that the fixtures fell the way they did. But then I guess you know we were unlucky that we had to play City and Chelsea at the start. So you take what you can. Um, but generally, I think that the performances have been they've been been a mixed bag. Really, it's some of those games we we certainly came luck. We certainly we're lucky to come away with a win. Um, others of them, you know, we we could have scored more than than we did. Looking at the, the sort of recent Leicester game, for example, where we played some of our best football in the second half. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's been a sort of pretty inconsistent mixed bag. I think attacking, um, I mean, discounting the previous Crystal Palace game because that was 
probably our worst performance of the season. Uh, but everything before that, it, sort of, it looked like the attack was starting to come together a bit. Um, but defensively, we, 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 we give away a lot of chances um, and a lot of good chances as well. Uh, that, I mean, yeah, it's, so it's, it's, it's pretty inconsistent. Um, and, you know, it'd be interesting to see what, what happens going forward now that we're sort of going to start playing a few more uh, sort of teams of a higher quality, should we say. Yeah, I know what you mean there. I mean, I mean, obviously, games against Cardiff, Newcastle, uh, Fulham as well, who are sort of quickly establishing themselves as kind of, sort of the worst defence in the league by far. Um, <laughs> definitely good to sort of get the attackers' confidence up and things like that. I mean, the the pairing of Obama Young and Lacazette, I think that people sort of had thought for a while whether that could work or not. When, mm. when they were both first signed, I mean, I thought last season at times Lacazette's confidence just looked like it was utterly shot at, at points and um Obama Yang sort of playing out wide, a mixture of playing out wide and up front didn't seem to truly click for them. I mean, there's been some promising signs there in terms of their relationship, haven't there? Yeah, there have. There have. But I mean I think I, I think uh it, it's almost like the reverse this season. At times Aubameyang's confidence has looked a, a bit short, not so much recently. Um but I mean on, on the wing he seems it does it seems like Half the player we thought we were getting when we were spending 65 million uh, on him. I mean, he's he's certainly getting the goals in, but these are you know sort of turning up for a few tap-ins and things, and you know that's obviously great, and um, we you know we hope he continues doing that. But but he, he doesn't look that convincing on the left wing, in my opinion. Um, but at the same time, Lacazette has had a pretty good, apart from the last few games, he's had a pretty good season um, playing up top. So you know they they seem to be. Well, on social media, they seem to be uh, really keen to play with each other and they seem to have a great relationship, a great understanding. But I'm just not sure how sustainable it is at the moment, um, because particularly uh, the last game, um, there's been a, f- been a you know a few question marks over uh, over whether, it, you know, this current formation with a Bamiyang on the left is, is sustainable, particularly with a Wobi as well, because a Wobi on the left um, has been something of a... Uh, revelation in the season. He's, um, he's his his improvement has been pretty phenomenal. Um, probably one of our best players, I would say. Certainly one of our more consistent players. Um, but on the right against Crystal Palace, when he was shifted to the right to to make way for Aubameyang, it, it didn't have the same same impact. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what 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 Emery goes with on on Saturday. Yeah, Wobi's one who surprised many, I think, in terms of um, you know, people sort of. I guess prejudging him, guessing what his level could be into the perfectly athletic and and um, uh, get into great areas. I think, but people often question his sort of his sort of final ball. But I think this season, just from the matches I've seen, he seemed to be much improved in that sense. Um, far more involved as well, which has been. Um, you wonder how much sort of everyone's being swept up in this sort of positive vibes of you know, a new start for everybody. Hector Bellerin, who we mentioned earlier on, certainly seems to be. Um, ha- had been embracing that as well. Um, just to check, I mean, do you reckon he's going to be injured for for the for, for this weekend's game? So there was, uh, I think the Ars- uh, the Arsenal um, Twitter account did an update sort of earlier afternoon. It, it's I think it's about fifty fifty. So they're saying that he's definitely out of the game against Blackpool on Wednesday, and that he's going to be checked before the Liverpool game. Um, and if he is out, I mean, I, it's it's pretty devastating for us if if he is out because he's been one of our most potent attacking threats. Um, 
And I think part of the reason we struggled so much against Crystal Palace is because we had no real fullbacks. I mean, well, that's not too fair on Licksteiner, but I mean, we, we, you know, we certainly uh, dropped in quality on the right and then we were playing Shaka on the left. And yeah. I think that really hampered our, our attacking play and probably couldn't contribute to why it was such a sort of tepid performance at best. Yeah, I think people have sort of seen Granite Jacker at left back on paper <laughs> and just sort of glanced over to sort of Salah's name and gone, I wonder, I wonder, could we, <laughs> yeah. could we have this, uh, have this matchup on Saturday? But, um, um, in, in terms of what you know about sort of Emery's style, then, I think it's, it's been very, um, very much highlighted since he's come in, sort of his insistence on you guys trying to play your way out of the back and, um, mm. at times, I think it was early on anyway, just because of, you know, sort of certain players struggling with it and check in particular struggling with it. Um, and of course, you know, when you try and play that way, um, you have to be confident in your ability and uh, confident in your ability to be um, passing successfully under the press, for example. So the likes of City who, who make it look so effortless um, at times. I mean, do you think based upon what you know of Liverpool's style and the fact that Klopp's bread and butter is, you know, is, is gegenpressing, pressing, is counter pressing, um, do you think do you think Emery's going to be somebody who who makes changes specifically with that in mind? I mean, you mentioned earlier on that this is yeah. it, the departure from Wenger is that very often you just sort of see yourselves walking into games where that surely he's going to change it, and then didn't change it, and then you know you had rinse and repeat performances. But whereas with with Emery, do you think he's going to try and tailor make something for for Saturday? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been pretty ruthless this season with. Um, sort of dropping big names, subbing off big names. Um, and, and you know, he's certainly installed a, an air of meritocracy with sort of promoting people who are, who are sort of hitting good good runs of form. Um, you know, benching Aubameyang for Danny Welbeck, for example. I think that was in a... Was that the Leicester game? Yeah, that was a Leicester game. Um, that was a pretty big call, um, but it, it, it's one that seemed to pay off. So he's certainly not afraid to make big decisions and, and, and doesn't seem to be afraid to sort of mix things up a bit. But, in terms of how we line up against Liverpool, I think it's probably going to depend on whether we have any fit fullbacks because I don't see how we can go into this game with a sort of similar setup to what we had against Crystal Palace, where you know Granite Shack on the left again, as, as you said before, that's not a promising start for us against Salah. So I think there's been some talk of you know, maybe trying a three-four-three um, formation. I, I'm not quite sure whether you know playing against the second favourites in the league is is the time to try out something that we've only played once this season, I think, and not too effectively. But then, you know, I guess if 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 we don't have the personnel to play the sort of four-two-three-one that he favours, then we might have to have to sort of get a bit sort of experimental like that. I think so. Um, and in terms of whether he'll continue playing at the back, I think I think he probably will be, but it's it's still too soon really to be second guessing Emery at the moment. I mean, he's still it's not like anywhere you can sort of pick the team with your eyes closed and, and know exactly how you're going to get set up. It seems to be um, you know he seems to be a man full of surprises at the moment. So we'll see, I think. Um, but it would it, it wouldn't surprise me if 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 you know he's happy to continue playing against uh, playing out for the back against Liverpool's press. I mean, he certainly didn't he wasn't too worried about doing it against Man City at the start of the season. So we'll see if he's learned his lesson from that one. Yeah, it is the sort of the ultimate test and it's try and do it against us. Man City on the first day of the season was really, it was really um, 
massive audacity for him to sort of attempt that. But I guess it sort of set the uh, the tone for what he wanted to do this season. And um, yeah, I think what what we're seeing these days, anyway, is, is, is managers who are usually committed to a style of play and and, and will persevere with it over um, sort of compromising that, um, even if it means suffering in the short term. Um, because I think once you do get it right, of course, it does it does bear fruit and stuff like that. But um, just before we talk, take a break and go on to um, talking to, to Andy about Liverpool and some of the some of the specifics we've got ahead of the ahead of the game. I just wanted to ask you. I'm asking sort of every rival fan who comes on the pod this season just what their view on on Liverpool is from the outside in, um, whether they hate us or not or whatever. But but just 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 based on the signings we've made, um, sort of how we're faring so far. Because it's always interesting to get that perspective. Because at times, even with us doing as well as we are at the moment, it's it's maddening to see some of the pessimism around stuff. But um. Yeah, I mean, what's your opinion been on sort of um, our start to the season and I guess um, uh, how we're playing? I think, I mean, well, I think obviously, you know, you're you're a couple of sort of seasons ahead of us in terms of the project and it's certainly certainly paying off now. Um, and, and I think that it, it looks as though Klopp's playing a sort of, uh, maybe mature is the wrong word, but it seems like you're playing a more mature game in, the, in that you're sort of choosing when to press rather than sort of doing the heavy metal, heavy metal gung ho thing that 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 he was sort of famous for. Um, I, you know, I think that um, my my gut instinct is that you will sort of run a close race, but still come second to City, um, and I don't think there's any shame in that at all. Um, but I I do think that you're probably I, th- I think you're probably um, sort of head and fav- head and shoulders above the rest. Um, you're certainly light years ahead of us, I think, at, at the moment. Um, Has there been anyone in, in particular who, who's stood out to you this season? Is it as simple as some of the defenders, or? Yeah, I think I think it's. Um, I, I think I've, yeah, I think I've just been impressed by by the sort of defensive grittiness. To be honest with you, I mean, what was uh, what's the game you won one nil? Um, uh, was it uh, not Bournemouth? Was Huddersfield? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I was watching that game and I was just sort of impressed by your sort of ability to to dig in and and see the game out which I, I don't think um which I which I think is something that 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 Liverpool um weren't too great at last season um and I appreciate that's pretty rich coming from an Arsenal fan. Um but yeah, I was impressed by your ability to see that see the game out. Um and yeah, I think you're. I think you're. 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 You're probably almost certainly come. Well, not almost certainly, but I think you're. You're. You'll. You'll come second, and um, it'll be. Uh, yeah, it'll be certainly a lot closer than last year. Yeah, it's good fun, sort of having sort of your best team in years, but then coming up against a potentially generational uh, team as well. Great fun, that really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're just sort of blowing teams like Tottenham and Arsenal aside without even sort of getting into second gear. So. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean that was very fun watching that on the uh, on the NFL pitch the other night. That was <laughs> that was uh, staggering, yeah. staggering stuff. Um, anyway, Chris, thanks so much for sort of the the insight there into sort of no new, new look Arsenal and 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 where things are headed. Um, we'll come back to you, of course, right before the end to sort of just discuss the match in a little bit more detail. Andy, um, talking Liverpool, um, I think it's really interesting to hear sort of Chris's closing comments there on um, you know, most of the people in the league sort of taking sitting up and taking notice of the fact that we can defend now. Um, and is it four goals all season so far, which is pretty staggering. Um, and when you think about the way in which we've conceded a couple of those, Alisson's error and, and that fluke one that Cardiff managed to get um, 
last game as well. I mean, things definitely look tighter there, but I, I've sensed a little bit of pessimism, regardless of where we are in the league and, and the Champions League group, about the fact that we haven't been sort of that full throttle, heavy metal um, uh, team just yet. Um, but eight goals in our last two games. Uh, what did you make of those performances? Um, is that encouraging for you that we're sort of turning that attacking uh, groove back on? Yeah, uh, first things first, I, I've got to agree with what something that Chris mentioned is that the word maturity. Uh, and I do think that is something that we've seen from from our team. Uh, yeah, we, we, we're still getting used to the fact that we're defensively, we're looking very, very solid again. <laughs> I haven't seen it for about a decade. So I'm still getting used to that. It's, it's, time, it's yeah. still, yeah, I, I've still got to get, get used to that feeling of confidence in in a Liverpool defence. So I, I do feel that there is there's an increased level of maturity in our approach uh, that's on the pitch and not just the players, but from the the manager and the coaching staff as well. And and I think that's a part of what we've seen this season. Uh, we've been so accustomed to this, uh, as Chris mentioned, you know, the, the full throttle, the heavy metal football, as it was coined when Klopp was in charge of Dortmund. The you know the free flowing aggressive, um, all out attacking style, very very aggressive pressing that we were seeing last season, and and I think what we kind of realised last year that was it, it as great as it was and and as effective as it was, it has a limited shelf life throughout a season and and realistically, you you can't go like that all the time, you know, from, from start to finish every game all the way through. You just physically cannot keep it up. So we, we, we've had to adapt our style. And when you look at the run of fixtures that we had, I, I think there was, like we talked about, you know, we mentioned that, that maturity. And I think that's what some of that approach was, is we looked at that run of fixtures. There's a lot of tough teams that we've had to face there, you know, game after game after game in, in a short period of time, a lot of energy to expunge, um, a few few injuries in there. Obviously, there's the whole World Cup thing going on. So I think we've been very careful in the way that we've managed the squad and we've managed the what we're putting into games and how we're approaching them with the rest of the season in mind. So it, it is nice to see the uh, the shackles starting to come off somewhat. And and I think, um, as has been mentioned on, you know, other Anfield Index podcasts, that, um, you know, it's not just a tap that you can turn on and off as as you wish. It's it's something that kind of gets going and there's the confidence and, and everything, the, the, you know, that, un, that intangible, that unmeasurable thing of... of of confidence and of uh, you know that that feeling that you get that you you know it's your day you know it's going well your touch is there everything's that momentum you know where everything seems to be going and it's I, I think when we we have been a bit more pragmatic and to suddenly get back into hammering teams it's you know it doesn't happen overnight so it's. It is being it's been nice to see us score them uh, score more goals in recent games and I, but I do think what we have to look at as well is you look at the opponents the you know no disrespect to them but the quality of the opponents uh, and the style in which they play as opposed to just looking at ourselves and saying oh that's it we must be back and that's it you know because I think what we're seeing. Like we said, there's more maturity there from us this season, but I think what we're looking at now as well is slightly different approaches 
uh, a different personnel for different types of opponent with, and like I said, with, with the whole season in mind rather than just what's the next game, what's the next game, what's the next game. You know, I think we're looking a bit further afield here and I think we're planning more for the long term. Yeah, no, I think that if you look at the the strength of this squad in comparison to to previous seasons, it, it's obviously far better. And um, I mean, it's it, it's only right that we use that strength and depth and and, and plan for the season ahead, like you mentioned there, Andy. I mean, it's, it's interesting because so Chris was talking about the maturity. You mentioned it there as well. Um, but the perception I've got, at least from uh, sort of some of the fan base over the past couple of weeks, and um, when the results have been coming, and you know, we're, we're top of the league, or you no. Know, Chucking that in between us and City, really, in terms of us juggling that uh, that position, top of the league, um, sort of top of our Champions League group at the moment as well. Um, but yeah, people are like, you know, is it maturity or is it just boring? And I think it's just because people have gotten used to um, sort of a style of football, and it's and as you mentioned yourself, it's taken so long for us to actually feel comfortable with the defence again. Um, even you know, seeing out a one 0 win against Huddersfield, I mean, that should be comfortable it should it should, it should be comfortable 2-1 against Cardiff um, when, when they scored that goal we, I wasn't ever really worried um, whereas in seasons past year you sort of know Liverpool can see those dodgy goals um, you mentioned Red Star and Cardiff you're know, both opponents that could potentially give us that confidence where we're scoring us um, scoring the goals we have last season we did it against Maribor and then that seemed to um, get us going really into an attacking sense you mentioned also, though, that we've changed the personnel around a little bit uh, and we've sort of changed to 4-2-3-1 the past couple of matches um, with Fabinho coming uh, into the team as well. Uh, how greatly do you think that change in um, formation is is um, the reason why we've seen this, this attacking football come back? I do think it's helped and I think it's a combination of looking at the opponent and, you know, the do we really need you know do we really need that third man in midfield can we free up another person to to go and and create that problem for the for the opposition we know that they're going to sit deep they know that we we know that they're going to try and deny us a space uh, and that's where someone like Shakiri comes in and i think at the moment there's still those question marks and suspicions over whether or not he can give offer up that the defensive side of the play that is so that has become so sort of typical uh, with with midfielders in in Klopp's system, you know it's such an expectation that you've got to do the work. As 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 you know, as fantastic as the football is when we're in possession, it's what we're doing out of possession. It's so so physically demanding, uh, and I guess he's still coming to terms with that. And there's question marks whether or not he can he can really offer that. So the the four two three one I I think suits him. Um, and you look at the opponents. He's very, very direct. He likes to commit. He likes to dribble. It's the ideal, the ideal formation, the the ideal player with the ideal opponent. So it's, you know, a, a combination of of circumstances coming together quite nicely for us. Um, and like you say, you know, you, you look at those opponents. You you look at the Red Star game. You look at Cardiff. Certainly with Cardiff, you know the. The necessity, there certainly was no necessity to have a third man in the midfield there. It, you know, we look quite flat in certain games in midfield. The two men can cover it very nicely. We've seen defenders even breaking forward, the full-backs pushing on, the centre-backs even looking to break the lines. Uh, and that little partnership there between Van Alden and, and Fabinho, you mentioned Fabinho, 
that that has has the early signs of being very very promising and um you know we we were some of us were quite impatient to see Fabino come into this team um knowing some of the qualities that he can offer that perhaps Liverpool have lacked in in recent years and we've had to be patient we've you know we've had to wait and wait for the what Klopp obviously felt was the right time to uh, to introduce him into the side and you know the the two games the last two games that he started he has looked very very impressive and and just gives that balance and it and that's the thing uh, you know whatever formation it's it's got to look balanced and it did look look very very balanced and there was that that comfort behind but the overload in attack and yeah we we looked we looked like we'd been playing that formation for for quite some time yeah, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because I think when Klopp first arrived, you know, some people were sort of thinking whether it was just going to be a uh, an effort for him to sort of remake what he did at Dortmund at Liverpool, and of course, four two three one was very much his system at Dortmund um, with those two sitting midfielders, uh, and then we didn't see it. We saw four three three, and whether that was just you know him taking into account the players we did have um, at the time, it's always felt like we we have we've never had that defensive solidity. Uh, sort of solidity that would allow our attackers to really go forward with complete abandon and things like that. Um, so, I mean, do you think that a four-two-three-one would be you know, useful in a game against a sort of a, a team towards the top of the league? Obviously, we've had a hard fixture list so far this season and coming up against Arsenal this, this weekend as well. I mean, would you, would you be surprised to see Klopp go with four-two-three-one against Arsenal? Um, or do you think he, he, he just favours that four-three-three against the, against the better teams I would be very surprised to see it this weekend I think against them better teams certainly the teams that look to be on the ball look to have the possession having that extra man in there certainly does make sense and the work rate that we wouldn't we get from from our normal front three is all a part of that system I think that's the club philosophy whatever formation it he plays that has been you know the constant throughout um, his tenure at, at Mainz, Dortmund, and Liverpool is, you know, the, it's all about the system. That it's it's the team, you know, the collective is is stronger than the individual, uh, and that that kind of, that system there, you know, the the three in midfield against the better teams, certainly seems to make a lot more sense. So that would be what I would expect to see this weekend. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see sort of what the personnel is, even if that um, even if that formation does return four three three. You mentioned Fabino, um, and we saw him, and uh, obviously we've been sort of impatient to see him as well, signing on for a big fee, um, similar to what Chris was saying about um, Torreira. I mean, I think Fabinho is a, a player who we've thought for a while on, or at least the role of, of a proper destructive sort of DM who can. Maybe be a bit box to box for us as well. We haven't seen that at all um, since, I guess, Mascarano. But even Mascarano wasn't you know, hugely a box to box midfielder. But um, what have you made of his performances so far? Um, you know, a really encouraging one against Red Star, um, pretty solid one against Cardiff. Um, are you keen to see him against a, a better side now as well? Oh yeah, absolutely keen to see that. Um, it'd be a really good test. Uh, obviously. You look at Arsenal and the attacking strengths and the players that they have going forward. That really will be a test. Absolutely, no two ways about it. Ozil looks back, back confident again. 
uh, floating in them spaces that I think it will be absolutely vital that uh, that if Fabinho does start that he is on his game because that that's likely to be the player in and around that he's got to got to be watching out for. I mean, but what what really strikes you is his his positional sense, his awareness, uh, intelligence on and off the ball. Um, and, and looking at the system of the past weekend, I, I know it was against Cardiff. You know, when the when the centre backs were striding forward, it wasn't Fabinho who was dropping in and, and covering for centre backs. Fabinho was holding his his position there in the midfield, looking after that space, looking after that area of the pitch. It was Van Alden that was dropping in there. So again, it, this this is all this part of you know the roles are clearly defined by Klopp who does who does what and who does where. But when you like you mentioned, you know. Fabinho's not just this guy who's just sitting there and and looking after the defensive side. He has been striding forward. He has been getting involved quite a lot actually. And and what we did see again against Red Star as well is he can he can pick a pass out. He's he's got an eye for it. He's got lovely technique and and uh, boy can he pick out a pass. Yeah, we saw a few there to Trent, didn't we? Actually, yeah. during the Red Star game, I thought that. Were... Pretty incredible in terms of his sort of vision and eye for a pass, anyway. So I think yeah, he's definitely going to add a, a lot to us. You mentioned Shakiri as well as sort of the other new recruit who's come in and uh, excited us a little bit. You know, very direct, very much a bundle of energy. Um, some people are trying to refer to him as Cubinio just cause to, to add another sort of basic Brazilian to the team, which the spine seems to be sort of ever ever strengthening with, with Brazilians now. Um, uh, what have you made of Shakiri's uh, performances so far? Um, you sort of touched on it earlier on how he he suits the four two three one. Would you be tempted to start him against Arsenal, or would you be to, uh, would you be going back to that front three as you mentioned? Uh, personally, I would go back to the front three. Just just looking at uh, the way that Arsenal have been approaching the games, um, as as was mentioned, you know that liking to play the ball out from the back, liking to keep the ball in possession there. I was I was hoping that Petacek was going to be fit. Um looking how uncomfortable he was on the ball. I, I was I must admit early in the season I was rubbing my hands with glee at the prospect of, of our front three uh, closing down the Arsenal defence while they were they were trying to knock the ball around because they didn't look too comfortable doing it. So I, I would revert to the, the, the front three myself and and I would have Shakiri as a great option from the bench. But I have been very, very impressed with him. Um, I, I, I must admit, I said this, you know, be, when we were first linked with him, I was a little unsure, just having seen him previously at Bayern and the question marks there um, over his attitude. Certainly never been any question marks over his talent. He's always had that. But um, I, I do think it's the penny's kind of dropped with him now, you know, at 27 this is this is an opportunity to be you know really be a part of something and he looks happy he looks energized he looks like he's found a new life really and 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 that that's a big thing is he looks like he's enjoying himself he really does he's got a smile on his face he looks like he's really happy to be at the club and be a part of things which is kind of not how he looked you know that this talented player that we saw at Basel went to Bayern, possibly went too early, and and didn't look at all happy. Didn't look at all happy. He was on loan at Inter. Obviously went to Stoke. Whatever happened there, he's got this chance and he's taken it with both hands. So full credit to him. He he just looks such a live way. You like you said, he's so direct. Loves to, he just wants the ball and wants to make things happen. And and he's certainly shown that he is capable of doing that. 
and and I think personally, I I think Klopp will will pick and choose where he can uh, in in deploying him from the start. But other than that, a fantastic option to have from the bench because and this is something in the Premier League. You know, so often you're playing, you can be tight, tough games and and playing against a high quality opposition that. You just need someone who can come off the bench and change things up. You know, you need them game changers, and he certainly falls into that category for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you wondered whether he was doing himself sort of a disservice actually coming off the bench and having the impact he did against uh, against Cardiff. Whether that was sort of pigeonholing him even more into sort of how oh, he, he can be an impact player for us rather than somebody who necessarily starts games for us. But I've, I've definitely been impressed by how he's he's a, he's added a little bit of creativity and ingenuity to an attack that seemed to be lacking it for a while. It, it, we weren't seeing much uh, link-up play between the front three. Um, uh, another guy in that course, you know, huge scrutiny on him, um, and it, will, it will, will remain that way for the rest of the season just based upon sort of what he did last time round. Uh, but Mohamed Salah, of course, um, just the five goals and is it three assists, I think, so far this season, which is, of course, not not shabby at all, but you, know, you, you perhaps wouldn't know that from the way in which people have been talking about him a little bit. Um, has it been smiling when he scored? Things like that. All, all sorts of body language experts coming into it. I mean, what have you made of Salah so far this season? And um, I guess are his are his last three performances really um, quite encouraging for us? Yeah, th- that's the thing, isn't it? Early on in the season, he didn't look uh, quite right. He wasn't quite on it. I know a lot of the underlying figures were there. You know, a lot of the other the other work is there. You know, creating chances and everything getting into good positions uh, and you know similarities are there to the start of last season where he, he didn't necessarily really sort of start to kick into gear as you mentioned till till that Maribor game in the Champions League so so perhaps it's almost like uh, you know history repeating itself and uh, and perhaps Red Star was that Maribor game for him this season because he, he does seem to have, have, have picked up a little bit. His confidence looks to be there again because that was something that was kind of striking me earlier in the season. Is at times his touch, he didn't. It didn't look like the player that we got so used to the second half of the, of last season, where he has such a fantastic touch and so quick on the turn on taking the ball. Um, you know, it, dribbles weren't quite coming off, or it, it just or he wasn't getting his head up, or perhaps he was thinking too much about the goals you know it was weighing a little heavy on him the expectation that you've got to score 40 odd goals again um you know maybe looking for goal where last season he might have got his head up and picked somebody else out because he felt so comfortable and confident that he was going to score goals that he didn't have to snatch at any you know half opportunity that would come his way but he certainly looks like he's uh, he's more confident and he's more comfortable on the ball these past couple of games I thought he was our best player um, on Saturday against against Cardiff. Thought he put in a, a really, really good performance. He, he was just a constant threat. When you, when you consider that Cardiff played with very, very little space behind them, you know it wasn't about putting the ball into the space and and uh, Salah using his pace to get past people. It it was all about that link up play. It was all about holding the ball up and the turn. And and then when the opportunities came, you know, he he took his he took his goal. I, I like the way he took his goal. No messing, smashed it in. Uh, and that that pass at the end for for Mane, that was that was just beautiful. And that was very much reminiscent of last season. So I think the I think the signs are that um, 
Salah's finding his way back into the form that we probably got uh, very nicely accustomed to. Yeah, of course. And I think it was also good to see him sort of scoring goals with his right foot as well, because I think everyone's been, everyone's seen the video now. I'm guessing various coaches have sort of shown the tape on Salah and just don't let him in, you know, onto his left. But the fact that he's now got that option on his right as well should hopefully give him a bit a bit more breathing space because he's, uh, I think he's been heavily watched this season really as, as uh, um, teams and, and players have become aware of the threat that he possesses and things like that. But yeah, n- never really had any doubt that he'd 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 come back to some level of form, whether or not it's going to be anything like what we saw last season, where he was just completely on fire. Um, time will tell, I guess. But um, to sort of bring it back into the game this weekend, then and sort of br- and bring Chris back in as well. I mean, Andy, just before we get to to Chris, I mean, we, I spoke to him about um, uh, whether Emery might tailor things for for this weekend's game based on how we play. I mean, from your perspective, you mentioned Czech there struggling to pass out the back and things like that, but the way in which Arsenal have been playing this season or trying to play, um, albeit not always with you know, the players for it, um, do you think that's sort of perfect for us to see, see um, uh, good old-fashioned sort of counter-pressing approach from, from Klopp and stuff? Certainly on paper it is. Uh, it's, I, I, you know, look, Arsenal are a very good side. Obviously, they've got some Excellent, excellent players, but predominantly going forward rather than at the back. Uh, and on paper, yeah, it kind of would look there as the archetypal game for us to to do the damage in their half of the pitch, winning the ball high up and, and creating our chances from that. Uh, you know, the, that old, you know, Gagan pressing is, is the creative player, so to speak, is the playmaker. Um, but obviously, you know, as strong as we've been, defensively we you know we cannot overlook just how good and and how just how lethal um arsenal do look attacking wise when things click so it's um it, it's it's a it's kind of a tough one isn't it you you kind of you keep in one eye over you because you you think about the pace of obama uh, yang and of lacazette but you want to push on, you want to push on and you want to try and win that ball. But I, I suppose you've got to worry that um, if Arsenal do decide, you know what, if if it's there, if they're really pushing us on, we can go long. That's that's going to be the threat. Yeah, of course. And um, Chris, bringing you in, I mean, when you look at Liverpool yeah. um, this season, of course, uh, yeah, Salah, Firmino and, and, and Mane were the, were the ones to be feared last season. Things haven't quite you know, got underway. Um, so, you know, just yet this season in terms of their form but you know, things look to be clicking into place I mean from what you've seen of Arsenal this season I mean who who would you be sort of fearful of coming up against on on Saturday is it, is it more just the pressing from Firmino and stuff like that or? <laughs> yeah I mean take your pick really to be honest with you I mean this would be um, our first sort of r- real test um, it'd be a good good test to see where exactly we are at the moment um, since the first uh, the first day of the season um personally i mean i'm i'm really not looking forward to your front three against uh against our makeshift defense one that's sort of um taking a few batterings in terms of injuries at the moment so hopefully bellerin will be back but um yeah i'm not looking forward to it too much um i i, I, I think it'd be a real a, a real interesting um test of whether of, of just how far we've come in terms of playing it out from the back if indeed Emery does decide that that is 
what we're going to do this weekend. Um, yeah. And in terms of where you think you can potentially get some joy against us, I mean, you heard Andy there mentioning um, warning that we need to be mindful of your attack and the way in which you have played Ozil in that Leicester game that I saw some of as well. I know he didn't have a, as good a game against Palace, but um, in, in games like this against against us where it's, it's likely to be open and uh, likely to be quite exciting, we've seen Ozil turn it on before against us. I mean, would you... Um, would you see him as somebody who'd be key to sort of getting through the defence that we've had? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, I think the, 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 the two areas I think Emery will be looking to exploit will certainly be the wide areas, which has been a key sort of feature of our attack this season. Um, sort of get overloading the wide areas and then cutting back for usually an Abamyang tap-in. Um, and also on the counter-attack as well, uh, which is something that we've not been able to see too much in recent games because of the the quality of the opposition we've been playing has sort of meant that they actually tend to sit back a bit more. Um, but against Liverpool, it'll be really interesting to see um, just how our attacking, our counter-attacking player has come on because we've seen a couple of those um, sort of really good goals. You know, sort of ten passes in the space of ten seconds and across the pitch, and it's you know sort of a bit of a wonder goal, um, which is something we didn't see too much of last season at all. Um, so our counter-attacking players really come on this season and, and hopefully against a team like Liverpool, who I assume will have um, sort of long spells with the ball, uh, we'll be able to see just how far that's come on as well. Um, in terms of play, people we could exploit against Liverpool, I think it's one of those games where we're just going to have to play our own game and, and, and um, hope that things come off. To be honest with you, uh, I, I think your your defense is, you know, as 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 has been covered already uh, in in this chat, your defense is looking pretty pretty solid at the moment. So I think it's really just going to be a case of making sure our, our attacking team is um, sort of fluent and, and and on fire. And I pray that it is. Absolutely, Andy. <laughs> Chris mentioned sort of Arsenal adopting a counter attack there a little bit with um. You know, the pace that they have, of course, we've seen so far this season that our defense is, of course, pretty quick as well. I mean, I mean I've been surprised at times just how fast Gomez and and Van Dijk are. Um, how do you see us sort of guarding against um, the different threats they um, they have in their team, and, and and who in particular are you not looking forward to facing based off what you've seen of this new look uh, Arsenal so far this season? I think um, again, it's those attacking players. If they can get, if they can play through the press, then that they they you know they're just so capable of, of picking them passes out. And and Ozil looks uh, just loves to have players with pace, making them runs. Uh, Lacazette looks looks confident again and looks dangerous. Aubameyang is so lively. So it, it you know they they are the obvious names, but. They are the obvious threats, and and like Chris mentioned, is that ball in behind to so get behind players and then be cutting back and overloading, overloading the box. That they, they look so dangerous when they when they're doing that. So it's it's if they can play through, if they can get through that press. And again, the other thing is those it's them counter attacks. You know, if we are over committing, they are capable of ripping you apart on counter attacks. But I I do wonder whether it's it's going to be one of them kind of games where you've got both you know both manager almost wanting the other team to have the ball in order to so we can win it in a good position and counter attack. It uh, it could be quite interesting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing uh, 
Torreira and just and just what we deal with him as well because he he is a player that's impressed me and um, again he he could be he could be the important player in in getting past that front three you know if you know for him picking up them important positions uh, while they're trying to play the ball out from the back you know making himself available because he looks confident and comfortable on the ball uh, of all the players there so uh, I think. He could be the the uh, could actually end up being the, the key to to Arsenal being successful against us. Yeah, I can see him and Firmino having particularly important sort of duel throughout the afternoon. To be honest, based upon sort of where they where they tend to play, so I think especially both South Americans, I'm sure it's going to be pretty pretty combative uh, afternoon. Uh, all right, then, guys. I mean, coming to wrap up, then I mean, just want, want to ask you for a sort of guess what. Whether there's going to be any sort of surprise changes to the lineup, and then, and then for your predictions um, themselves, Chris, come to you first on that. I mean, um, I guess yeah, yeah. You, you expecting any surprise inclusions, and then, what do you think for for the score on um, on Saturday? Surprise inclusions. I mean, it, it's a weird one. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be. I mean, it'd be a bit of a shock, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Abamyang drop back to the bench, Awobi shifted to the left and then Mkhitaryan brought back in or even trying a Bamiyang on the right this time um, I just think that Awobi sort of didn't give the best account of himself on the right and I, seeing as he's been so brilliant on the left I wouldn't be surprised to see him shifted back there so I guess a Bamiyang dropping to the bench would be a big shock that I probably wouldn't be too surprised to see um, and in terms of the score I think it will probably be a high scoring draw like a tool I I'm sort of I'm hoping that it will be a two-all because I'm not too confident this time. I'd, I'd be very surprised if we win, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm sort of hoping that we we at least take something from the game. It was three-three last time round, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, was, uh, the same again would be good. So there have been a few high-scoring draws. Andy, the same to you then. In terms of, uh, are you expecting um, not surprise inclusions, but what sort of notable changes to the lineup would you be expecting for the weekend? And then. What score are you uh, expecting as well? I, I I can't imagine too many surprises in there. Like I mentioned, I, I think it will be back to the four three three front three. Obviously, picks itself, and I I would expect likely to be Milner in in midfield there with um, with Van Alden and Fabino, and it'll be interesting to see how that operates. Uh, and then it, I guess it's just whether or not Klopp decides. To uh, go for Gomez back at centre back with uh, Trent Alexander Arnold at right back, or does he persist with Lovren at centre back and Gomez at right back? Um, I'd be tempted to go with Trent at right back of them overlaps that quality in that wide area, but it's it'll, perhaps with with being mindful of what uh, Arsenal possess on the counter in the wide areas, he might he might well might just opt for Gomez to play there. So I think that'll be an interesting one. And I'm going to go for a, a narrow Liverpool win, either 3-2 or 2-1. Yeah, I think it probably depends on how exciting a game Klopp wants to make it, whether he chooses Lovren at the back as well. <laughs> it just really depends, doesn't it? But um, yeah, for me, I'm going to sort of... I, I think I'll go with you, Andy. You just kind of have to be positive and things like that. But I think I'll go for 3-1, I think, um, just based off... I mean, we haven't been seeing too many goals, but then Arsenal do score plenty of goals. But maybe the last goal will come quite late on to make it look... A little bit more comfortable than it actually was, but um, I'm expecting a pretty end-to-end game um, based upon how this Arsenal team can play and do play at the moment. Um, also, really interested to see how Emery approaches it. Really, um, you know, the last time we played Emery, 
didn't work out great for us. So uh, I wonder whether we've been looking at it from that perspective and how we can sort of get our own back on him. Um, so anyway, guys, thanks so much for coming on and giving me the insight into the game. Uh, Chris, really appreciate everything on Arsenal. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. As I was saying, and, and Andy, great to chat with you again about, uh, about Liverpool. Things are certainly going positively, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It's a, a long way that continue. Yeah, for sure. Uh, especially the, the whole defending thing. Everything is, 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 is going to take a while to get used to. Yeah, I'm still getting used to that. I'm still getting used to that. Yeah, of course. And uh, thanks so much for everyone who's, li- who's listening to the pod. Obviously, we'll, we'll be back again next week, uh, hopefully talking about a positive performance. But in, in the meantime, I just uh, urge you to check out uh, Anfield Index Pro and, and all the great content on there, uh, whether it be Under Pressure, whether it be uh, Sir Kenny Dalglish or, or whether it uh, be Jan Mulby on the uh, um, on the pod with Trev. So yeah, be sure to subscribe and take a look at that as well. So thanks so much guys. And we'll be back again next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.